out of it. An unresolved feeling of being resentful towards my caregivers for not giving me what I needed when I was expressing, requesting it, requesting it. So now the opportunity is gone. You're an adult. The opportunity to have that child experience is over. But now my opportunity is in my adult relationships to try to vindicate this feeling. I was resentful. I didn't get it. And now I'm going after it with all I got. That's the anxious type. I'm going after it with all I got. I got energy for days. I'm coming for that reassurance. I'm coming for that intimacy. You coming for it. You doing anything and everything to get it. And that's an example of how, how that unresolved resentment can manifest in this overexpression of the need of, in, of the need for intimacy. And even in overvaluation, like I, like even believing that you need more than what would actually truly satisfy by you. Hey, oh, God, the mic. Goodness. Okay, let me start over. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to Boundaries and Grace. My name is Taylor Chandler, and I'm your host. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, a certified health coach, and I am here helping people break negative relationship cycles. This episode I recorded live on Instagram. It's a Q&A, so people were, had submitted some questions, and I answered them. This episode is one question. <laughs> okay, the question was so good. I went so deep and went into so many different pieces of this that I think it's going to be so helpful. And I do not regret at all spending all of this time on answering this question because it is, it's going to help so many people. Okay, and it's related to so many things. It's just good. It's just really good. The question is, how do you heal the wounded inner child? Okay, so I go into four different um, really important pieces of this. I also refer to um, my episode on season five. So if you want um, more of the inner child stuff, you can go into season five and look for the episode Insecure Attachment and the Inner Child, um, or rather it's Inner Child and, and Insecure Attachment. Um, I also have a workshop available for you to purchase. So we did this workshop at the beginning of June, Healing Childhood. And people have been asking me um, if I have replays. And I've always said, no, 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 no. And now I am doing the right thing and listening and to um, how many people want to do it, <laughs> okay, on their own time or just, you know, can't be there at the time that I do offer these free workshops. And so I recorded the Healing Childhood Workshop and it is available for you to purchase. I'm going to put it in the show notes. It is also on my Insta in my Instagram bio. So you can purchase that three hour workshop if you'd like to begin the experience of working through these things. So talk about a lot of things in this episode. I'm excited for you to hear it. Let me know what you think about it in the reviews. Oh, also should also say, you know, this is live and there's a lot of, there was a lot of energy in this live. Okay. And so I hope that, you know, I hope that you like it, <laughs> but if you don't, I, you know, it's, it's a different structure. It's a different structure. Okay. Um, than some before, and I just was feeling really excited. So uh, there's a lot of repetition in the live, you know, I'm going over things, making sure people got it. So just know that I am talking to people live in real time on Instagram. And so that's why it's a different structure than like, for example, the last episode. So just the heads up. So you can know, Bill, what to expect. Um, okay, I will see you somewhere towards the middle and um, at the end. Enjoy. Hit the record button. I'm recording this podcast live. We're going to do 
a Q&A. Um, some of you submitted some questions um, in my story. Some of you submitted some questions. We're going to answer them. I'm also going to answer um, some questions that have come up in sessions recently that are just common for a lot of people. So we're going to do that tonight, okay? I thought about... I thought about, I was like, okay, is the Q&A, is it going to be long enough for a podcast episode? Like most of my podcast episodes are 45 minutes to an hour long. Okay. Hey y'all. Most of my podcast episodes are 45 minutes to an hour long. And I'm like, is the Q&A going to be sufficient? And then I was making my notes and I thought, absolutely. I said, absolutely. Even with these couple of questions that we're going to answer, I think we're going to get a lot out of it. But I thought about combining the Q&A with another podcast that I've been planning for you. And I think we're going to keep it separate. (laughs) I think we're going to keep it separate because I tend to get really excited as I'm going. And so what I think is going to be 20 minutes is probably going to be longer than that. Hey, y'all, welcome in. We're going to do a q and I'm excited. Some people had submitted some questions in my stories, and I'm going to answer them. Okay, I'm going to answer them. Yes, I am accepting more questions. Thank you for asking. You can go ahead and put it, um, you know, I don't really don't, haven't done this yet. I think you can put it in the little question box or something on your side, and then it'll pop up on my side. So you can go ahead and do that, because I don't want it to get lost in the comments if the comment section gets active. Miss Applejacks, okay? So go ahead and do that. And you ready? Y'all ready? Are we ready? I'm excited. Let me get my water. I love, I haven't done this in a while because there's been so much information that I've been wanting to get out. I was like, let me see what y'all want me to answer. Cause sometimes it's, a lot of times it's different. Sometimes it's different. (laughs) And so we're going to just focus this time together tonight on answering the questions that you have. Sometimes I like to get a little bit, I, sometimes I get ahead of myself and I want to give you something that maybe you're, you know, sometimes you have some more pressing questions that we need to get out the way. Okay. Hey, hey, what's going on? Okay. You ready? Okay. Let's do this one. Number number one, number one, me too. I'm excited. I don't know why I just feel good. I just feel good. I'm feeling moisturized. Can you tell? I'm feeling moisturized. I had a long weekend. I was in Virginia. Um, it was so quiet. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not used to this. I haven't been just sitting in like a such a quiet neighborhood like that. I was. I went to my grandparents' house and was spending a lot of time with them. And it was really nice. Anyway, I was in Virginia. My friend had a wedding. It was a lot going on. A lot going on. So I'm feeling good. I'm feeling, um, I'm feeling moisturized. I'm feeling happy, healthy, and blessed. I see your question in there. So I'm going to come to that. Let's go. Number one. This is so important. We're just going to get right. You know, just, fun stuff's over. Let's go ahead and get deep. Let's get deep. Here's number one. It's such a good question. And it's a long question. It took up a whole page. Okay. How to reparent your wounded inner child. How to reparent. <laughs> yes, for the moisture. Oh, let me not. Let me not get sidetracked. I was going to tell you about a face mask, but we'll talk about it later. Just put it in the question box. A face mask, like homemade face masks. It's really nice. You don't want to spend a whole lot of money. Anyway, how to reparent your wounded inner child. First of all, I have an episode on this in season five. Now, at this point, I got episodes for so many things. I'm just like, pull up the episode, (laughs) okay? But I really do have an episode totally focused on the inner child. It's called Inner Child and Insecure Attachment. That episode got super spicy. I think I was triggered in the episode. The content's really good. So go back to season five. There's an episode called Insecure Attachment in the Inner Child, and I'm pretty sure it's season five, episode three on Boundaries and Grace, which you can find on Apple, Spotify, and Audible. So there's that. I also, here's the second plug before I, I'm going to answer the question, but here's the second plug. 
I have a healing childhood replay. So I have a healing childhood workshop. I recorded my workshops for the first, I started recording them just this last workshop, which is the healing childhood workshop. And you can purchase that workshop and you can see all the prompts that I'm using and you can do the exercises along with this. Healing childhood is the most interactive workshop that I have and you can purchase it for a replay. Okay. Um, so there's that. You can, that link is in my bio. It's also on my website, IamTaylorChandler.com. So those are the plugs. The resources are there. Now let's answer the question. Number one, I have four things for you in reparenting your inner child, reparenting your inner child. First thing, accept, accept that it is okay to have an inner child. I know that sounds simple, but hear me, hear me well awareness and acceptance they are for women and men and actually so oops sidetrack I like to sidetrack and I like to just come back on track so thank you for the question are the workshops for women and men absolutely hey Miss Nisha good to see you in the live happy early birthday okay I'm glad you're here too happy birthday um yes for women and men and I was so happy y'all on my workshops the couples are coming together now I'm seeing two not that I mean you know it's a lot we got a lot of single people we got we have married people we've got we've got cup for people who think that the world is going to hell it's not all it's not all true there are people here that are actually doing the work couples are showing up they're doing the work they were doing the workshop together single people are showing up they're doing the workshop by themselves and that's okay okay but yes women and men and of all sexual orientations and all pronouns represented, okay? So it is, it's just everybody. These are human issues. It's just everybody going, it's just everybody with, with, a, with a lot of things going on. Hey, y'all. So yes, women and men, single, married, whatever pronoun or no pronouns. Because you know, some people, you know what I'm saying? Whatever. Whatever. So, okay, number one, how to reparent your wounded inner child. Um, accept that it is okay to have an inner child. Awareness without acceptance leaves us stagnant. Awareness without acceptance leaves us stagnant. Awareness without acceptance doesn't allow us to actually work with that thing. Hey, Vision. Awareness without acceptance gives us nothing. You only have a new keyword, okay? You only got a new word to reference in the index of the glossary. But if you do not accept that it is something to actually do something about it, I have an inner child, I being what you, everyone, if I don't accept that that is a part of me and my process, then all you have is a buzzword. Let me give you an example of what I mean. Equality, Juneteenth. I'm going to give you an example. You can have an awareness. You can have an awareness that all people are supposed to be equal. But if you do not accept (laughs) that all people are equal, all you know is all you know is an idea. You haven't actually allowed yourself. In other words, I, I haven't. I, it hasn't become personal to me. Okay, it hasn't become personal to me. 
I can know about something, but if I don't accept it as my own problem, then I keep it at a distance and I don't actually then, um, I'm not actually then uh, holding myself accountable for doing something about it. So I just use Juneteenth as an example. You can know that racism is, you can be aware of racism, but if you do not accept that you live in a racist world, then you don't, then you do not allow it to become personal enough to you to mean something to you. And if it doesn't mean something to you, you, you have no motivation to do anything about it. I gave you some examples. Do you see what I mean? I see some hearts, so I think that you all know what I'm talking about. If I don't accept that the inner child is of me, then all I then I keep myself at an emotional distance from it and don't actually get intimate enough with it to do something about it. And the inner working with the inner child is a very intimate process with yourself. Usually we think about intimacy with you and another, but when I'm talking about intimacy, I'm first and foremost talking about your relationship with yourself, being intimate with you. And when we think about intimacy, we're not talking about sexually, although sexuality, being sexual with either yourself and or others is a thing, right? But I'm talking about intimacy as being closely connected and aware and of the other in close contact which is not just sexual, but it is emotional, it is mental, okay, spiritual, close contact, first and foremost with yourself. So that's number one. That's how I know this podcast is about to be long because I said, I'm, we're already 10 minutes and I'm only on number one of four of question number one. Hey, y'all, good to see you. Hey, Libby. Okay, so I need to be, uh, I need to not just be aware of my inner child. I need to accept my inner child. I need to accept that this is something that I have that I, that is something that is undone or unresolved. I need to accept that this is a problem of mine. Okay. Rather than just thinking of it, Hey, as just a concept that's out there for somebody, I need to accept it as mine, make it personal. I have an inner child. I'm saying I, I'm, it's like in quote, say it to yourself, say it to yourself. <laughs> and as weird as that can sound at first, I had, I had people in my workshop do this. I said, everyone go on mute and talk to yourself. And I had them repeat after me because other, uh oh, sometimes, you know how sometimes I just feel it come up on my head, on my forehead like that. I just felt it like that. Cause I had people go on mute on the workshop and repeat after me to hear themselves say some things out loud. Okay, because otherwise someone could sit in that three hour workshop with such distance between themselves and the concept that they never quite make it theirs because it's scary to make it yours because that means you have a responsibility to it now. If I, if I accept my inner child as my own, then I am now accountable to that thing. I'm now accountable to that work. But if I sit in the healing childhood workshop or sit in this podcast and not make it about me, but make it about some concept, then I'm relieved of the responsibility of doing that work on me. So say it out loud. I ha- I'm, t- I'm serious. If you're listening, you're listening to this, you people that are listening on the podcast, you hear me say it out loud. I have an inner child. You know how hard it is for people to speak out loud. So you'll read, you'll read things and listen to podcasts and you want to hear me talk about it, but you don't get close enough to it to make it meaningful to you. So I need you to say it. I have an inner child. If you're listening to this right now, Hey, say it to yourself. I ha- repeat after me because some, sometimes people freeze up. I'm, I know that's happening to somebody right now. So repeat, repeat it after me. I have an inner child. I have an inner child. I accept that I have an inner child. Good. My inner child needs some help. 
Okay, not only do I need to accept that I have an inner child, but my inner child is it can be in bad shape, okay? My inner child can be in bad shape, and sometimes your ego, I'm not even past number one of four on question number one. We're going to be here for a minute, okay? I don't have anywhere to be. We might be here for a minute, but but not but sometimes your ego gets so in the way that you that you know that other people have have inner childs that are that are weak, um, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean genuinely weak, weaker, and and less resourceful and scared. But but your inner child don't need that much. Your inner child your inner child is bigger and better than the other inner child. Stop it right now and say it. Ready? I have an inner child. I accept that I have an inner child. Say it with me. You, I'm looking at you. My inner child needs some help. <laughs> mm-hmm. My inner child needs some help. Okay, so I need to come to an acceptance that this inner child is a thing and that there, that it is lacking some things and that somebody needs to go in there and that somebody going to be me. And I'm not talking about Taylor. I'm talking about you. You you doing it with you. Okay. Number two, how to, this question is how to reparent your wounded inner child. Accept that it's okay to have one. Number two, allow, uh-oh. Allow the inner child to have that anger, resentment, and to feel betrayed and all those other negative things. That sounds counterintuitive, doesn't it? Because you, because a lot of people, you're talking about, I want to repair my inner child because I don't want my inner child to get in the way. I am telling you, mark my words. <laughs> mark my words. A lot of people miss this. Don't miss it. A lot of people miss this. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. You've got to allow your inner child to have that anger, that sadness, that resentment, that feeling of betrayal. You have to allow that inner child to have it. Why? Because we've got to think about it. Like you've got to massage this feel. You've got to massage these feelings up out of you. We've got to massage these feelings up out of you. And we've got to, so we've got to allow, we've, if I have a, I used to get um, such a tight back, especially when I was when I was a personal trainer and I was training. I was training so much and I was moving, moving all the time, and my back would get so tight, especially on my left side. In order to feel, in order to get to a relaxed physical state, we had she had to put her hands on the knot. Okay, she had to put her hands on the knot. It was painful. I remember one time I had this foot issue, and my friend is a massage therapist, and was and was um, working on my calf because when your when your feet I had a I had a fallen arch, and so my calves were working overtime trying to pull that arch up. Makes sense. You don't have to be a, a physical fitness expert to understand this, right? Fallen arch. The calf is up here. The foot is down here. Fallen arch. Your calf muscle because all your things are are connected, right? Your my calf was working overtime pulling my foot up. Okay, when my friend was working on my calf, it felt like like they said that my my calves were like steel cables. That's how tight the calf was. So it was incredibly painful to to for, to get it worked on in order to to in order to release that calf and then to work on my foot. Your emotions are much the same. In order to get this inner child stuff out of the way, hey y'all, in order to get this inner child stuff resolved, we've got to, we've got to allow for that pain to be expressed. Allow that pain to be expressed. These are un, like that, those things I named like anger, resentment, feelings of betrayal, stuff like that. Those are unresolved feelings that have been unexpressed. They've been unexpressed and they've been unattended to. Likely when you were a child. 
you tried to express what it was that you needed in the way that you knew how. Like babies cry, for example, when they're hungry. And then as you get a bit older, you start to do other things to try to get someone's attention. Okay. But when they've been, so, so they, they've been unattended to. And so that those feelings are then unresolved. So I have this anger or this sadness or the resentment, or I have this feeling I ha- I'm in need of something, but it is not met or sad. That need is not satisfied. And so it remains just locked in place. And it eventually starts to manifest itself in our adult relationships. We'll talk about that in a second. But do we understand that so far? I need to allow the inner child to express these negative feelings, anger, resentment, sadness, feelings of betrayal. And that can be, let's, let's, side, let's sidebar it really quick. Are, y- is it, are you all understanding it? Are we understanding it so far? Tell me if you don't. That's one of the biggest issues people have. They don't say something when, they, when something don't make sense. Okay? <laughs> so I need you to speak up right now if something doesn't make sense. Okay? So, so, so... So what we're saying is that in what what reparent the inner child, step number two, allow these feelings. Good, good, good. Allowing these feelings to be expressed. Well, I was going to say when we side, when we side sidebar detour, that's scary for a lot of people. Okay, this idea that in order to do this inner child work, I'm going to have to confront these feelings that let's I call them less preferred. Okay, I call them less preferred because all feelings are valuable because it's always emotions give you information. Okay, emotions give you information. For example, um, becoming angry in an interaction with someone often is giving you information about a boundary that's not being met. That's a different conversation. But understand your emotions are valuable. Sadness tells you it gives you information. Okay. And when I feel betrayed, it's giving me information about something that I'm missing or something that went wrong. It's giving me information. So feelings are valuable, but not all feelings are preferred. So just because sadness can give me some good information when I really, you know, take take 10 steps back and reflect on it, no one really prefers being sad over being happy. So I, I use the words, I use the words less preferred. So it's difficult for a lot of people to and this is this is like you can know that you have to do this but do you, but can I I need to make it personal I have to experience some negative emotions in order to resolve and eventually get to this whole reparenting piece of the inner child if I want to do it in a satisfactory way so I can't just know that negative feelings are a part of it I have to accept that I go going back to number one right it's all intertwined isn't it I have to accept that I am going to have to experience some things that I really would prefer not I'd prefer not and I talk about that in that episode season five episode three insecure attachment in the inner child. I talk about that. I, I really didn't want to do this. <laughs> okay. But, but it's really, really helpful. Hey y'all. Okay. So, um, you need to allow this inner child to do this so that we can massage this, these negative emotions out, but we, we can't just get to the relaxed state. We've got to put our hands on the knot. Are you with me? We're here. We're still good. Let's talk about how it manifests. If you don't do this, I was like, don't miss it. If you don't do this, if you don't allow this inner child to experience these negative feelings, I'm going to give you some example, an example from the anxious side, an example from the avoidance side, okay? Let's say that the anxious type resents their parent or parents for not being emotionally present. That's a lot of people doing this work, okay? Resents their parents for not being emotionally present. So needs tons of assurance and emotional intimacy from others, 
feels especially hurt and dejected when that need is unmet. So that's an example of how an unmet need, an unresolved feeling of being resent, take the need out of it, an unresolved feeling of being resentful towards my caregivers for not giving me what I needed when I was expressing, requesting it, requesting it. So now the opportunity is gone. You're an adult. The opportunity to have that child experience is over. But now my opportunity is in my adult relationships to try to get that. Let's put it like this, to try to vindicate this feeling. I was resentful. I didn't get it. And now I'm going after it with all I got. That's the anxious type. I'm going after it with all I got. I got energy for days. I'm coming for that reassurance. I'm coming for that intimacy. You coming for it. You doing anything and everything to get it. And that's an example of how that manifests, how that unresolved resentment can manifest in this overexpression of the need of in- of the need for intimacy. And even in overvaluation, like I like even believing that you need more than what would actually actually truly satisfy you this feel this projecting this thing from the past into the present so now I don't just need that baseline of emotional intimacy I'm coming for everything I didn't get okay and so when it's unresolved we don't have a healthy separation between what happened in the past and what's happening or what I'm owed right here in the present Yes. Okay. I see you I see you I see this comment is it Lele she said um I didn't even I didn't even know I was requesting it at that age, but I'm definitely coming for it often. LOL, it's so sad. Yes, understand this. We have always been requesting. We have always been requesting. Now, some of you stop. Now, that's the avoidance I want to give you that example in a second. Some of you stop, but that inner child has always been requesting. When you were a child, you were requesting first in the crib. You cry and you we we cry and we we uh, make up make face make faces and do things in order to get a need met. When you got a little bit older, some of you started acting out. Some of you started clinging. Some of you started it bids for attention. Just just overarching umbrella right there. I, I have a bid for attention. I that child that becomes the inner child, the the inner child as an adult has always been requesting. The anxious type expressively requests in adulthood. The avoidant type, the inner child is requesting, but they've learned to stop talking. Hey y'all, I hope things are going well for you so far. Okay, I hope things are going great. Taking a little break here, a little breather. Okay, a reminder that there are links in the show notes below. The Healing Childhood Workshop is available for you to purchase. Okay, you can also purchase the chat. I didn't mention that before, but you can purchase the chat and follow along, like really be right in there with us if you'd like. That's available. That link is in the um, description. When you click the link to get the workshop, the link for the chat is there. Okay, this is also the first passing around of the offering bucket. So the offering bucket is for those of you that would like to um, show your appreciation for the work via Cash App, PayPal, or Venmo. So those links are below, but the Cash App is take dollar sign Tay Chand, the D on the end, Tay Chand. And um, PayPal and Venmo, you can find me with my business email address, which is taylor at threshcoach.com. You like threshold, threshcoach. Com. That's my PayPal and Venmo. Um, I appreciate you all so much that have given or that have consistently given. Thanks a lot. 
Um, and it's only for, you know, if you're consistently getting something out of the podcast then um, and, want to, and want to sew back into it and help me to continue to create this. Um, and just want to show your appreciation that way. So that's why we do this. Thanks a lot. Let's get back to it. Okay, they've learned to stop talking. All right, avoid an example of how this these unresolved feelings of anger, resentment, feeling betrayed, left alone, that kind of thing, how it manifests. I just gave you the anxious avoidant. The avoidant type might feel, and this is not the only the only um, the only thing. I'm just giving you an example. Okay, let's give you an example real quick. All right, the avoidant type might feel angry for being dismissed as a child. Now, some of you that have been in relationships with avoidant types find that hard to believe because they seem so disconnected now. But under, all children, all children, all children, before people, before you developed your adult ego that hides and acts like this isn't real, children cry and they are helpless and defenseless and they need, they need everything given to them. Okay, and so it can be hard to believe that your adult avoidant partner, spouse, significant other has any feelings about being dismissed as a child. But then when you take three steps back, you're like, well, how did you get avoided? And that's (laughs) this is the seed. This is a seed for it. How did you get so dismissive of me now? Well, you were dismissed in the past. So now anyway, I'm avoidant. Avoidant type can feel angry. For being dismissed as a child now, now as an adult might be angry or irritable when someone else tries to get close. Let me tie it together for you. If I'm angry at mom or dad or both for not for, for dismissing me, for not accepting me for who I am. Avoidant types have a lot of that for not accepting me for who I am. You dismissed me. You counted me out. You black sheeped me. You disconnected from me. You right. I'm angry about that. So now whether you're healthy or anxious, whether you're secure or anxious. Now, when you try to get close to me, if I'm avoid, if I'm not avoidant one, I was dismissed, disconnected from black sheep. Okay. Um, not accepted for who I am. Now, when you try to come close to me, even with all of your good intentions, when it's, when it's unresolved in the past, I'm angry and irritable, frustrated by you trying to come close to me because I wanted it back there. Now, what's the point? Why now they didn't do it. I'm unresolved about that. So I've been angry about that. No one's ever made sense out of that for me. My inner child was still requesting that. I don't really want it from you. I really want it from my parents. And at that point in adulthood, you usually undervalued intimacy so much that when someone comes to you, you're devaluing it here. You've, you've taught yourself that it's not important because you're trying, because no one made sense out of what happened to you back there. And so your best your best strategy is to tell yourself, well, it wasn't that important anyway. I was tripping. I was sensitive. So when somebody comes to you with a healthy expectation of emotional intimacy, you've convinced yourself, this is the belief, right? Everything over 90% of our behaviors come from our subconscious mind. So now I've come to believe that this isn't that important. So I'm frustrated by your request to me to come forward. I'm angry about that. I'm irritable that you would ask me to come forward because I've told myself it's not that important on top of my unresolve about the fact that it was really important back there and I didn't get it then. So now I'm just irritated. 
Now I'm irritated. Okay, so that's there. There's my avoidant. There's my avoidant. Let me scroll up real quick and get some water. Does that make sense for you? I kind of was. I was just going off. I don't. Let me see what I re- what I really wrote. Yeah, that's pretty much what I wrote. Um, okay, yeah, Lily, I see you. Um, Jazzo says, does this show up as jealousy in romantic relationships? I think you're, talk- so you're talking about the anxious type. Anxious types are often jealous. <laughs> yeah. So I don't even know exactly what you're talking about, but anxious types are often jealous because I'm insecure. I don't feel important. So anything that you give attention to, I'm stressed because I think... I'm like, first of all, I'm probably with an avoidant type, so I know you only got so much for me. So when you go and give it to something else, I'm like, what about me? What about me? Oh, gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, okay, cool, 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 cool. All right, good. We're getting it. I like this. We're only on number two of four, and I have several more questions to go through. All right, number three. So we're talking about how to reparent the inner child. Good, it's making sense. How to reparent the inner child. I said, number one, you have to accept that it's okay to have an inner child and all those things that come with it. Number two, we have to allow the inner child to have this anger, resentment, and betrayal because we are going to massage this emotion, um, massage this emotion out of the body, out of your emotional body, just like you need to massage a knot out of your back. Okay, but we can't just go to the relaxed state, right? I'm recapping for you. We can't just go to the relaxed state. We have to put our hands on the knot. You've got to put your hands on the knot, which means, and the knot here is that anger, that resentment, that feeling of betrayal. If you don't do that, that unresolved is going to keep manifesting in the way that it does, and it's never good. (laughs) Okay, it's never good. Number three, this this is a good one. This is a good one. Number three. Remove the fantasy of the ideal parent. You could tell I feel like I said something right there because I did. Remove the fantasy of the ideal parent. I'm absolutely saving this video so you can rewatch it. Genevieve, thank you for asking. Hey, Brittany. Remove the fantasy of the ideal parent. First of all, we need to define fantasy Okay, we're talking about um, another word for it is romanticizing. This is not to imply sexualizing the parent. This is to um, depict the grandiosity of the image that you have in mind. The if mom was this way, I wouldn't be this way. If dad was around, then I wouldn't have these ex boyfriends. If you have, we have this in fantasy world of attachment, insecure attachment have this idea that if that was different, my life would have taken on a totally different trajectory. Could it be true? Well, of course. Cause and effect. But, but the thing is, when we, the, the, the issue is not, that's not the question. The question is not if dad was around, would your life be different? That is not the point. So let's just, let's just pause for a second. <laughs> okay. Let me just make sure I'm really clear. The point is not to say, well, if that, the, the point is you don't actually know. And the point is further that by clinging to the fantasy, here's the real point. By clinging to the fantasy, you are stuck in fantasy land. You can't move on because you have this idea that if mom or dad was this fantasy mother or father, that all of these, that this trail of tears wouldn't have happened. Okay, so the question is not if they would have, then would that happen? That's not the question. The real issue is if you're clinging to that fantasy or not, and that perpetuates that resentment. Okay, you are you remain stuck in the past when I have this idea of the past that should have been, 
should have been and it wasn't and I'm so pissed about it I can't let it go hey y'all hey hey Allison. hey Alexandria hey I'm so upset about it that I can't let it go so we have to remove the fantasy of the ideal parent because you're gonna have to see and this doesn't always go over well but you're gonna have to see trust me just try take my word for it you're gonna have to see that that you've got to start seeing your relational trauma more realistically. And I know that that upsets somebody. So hold on a second. Hold on. You have to start seeing your relational trauma. I don't know why I'm trying not to laugh. More realistically. Okay, when we when we are when we are in when we are so identified with what happened to you or didn't happen to you, you are, again, in fantasy world. We instead need to see our trauma more realistically. For example, that life went on rather than that was the end. When he left me, my whole life was over. That is us being identified with the trauma, okay? Because mom didn't care for me, I can't have, I can't have healthy relationship. That is being so identified with the trauma. It has become, it has become you rather than this happened. I didn't like it. It shouldn't have happened that way. Uh, I would do it differently, all that kind of stuff and still allowing for you to have a new experience now and forward. So I need you to see your trauma more realistically, which often means less like a catastrophe. It doesn't take away from the hurt and the pain that you have felt and that you will feel as you go through the things, but it is about not being, I'm trying not to use certain words. I don't want to say, I don't want to say being dramatic. I, I don't, but I just said it because I can't get it out of my throat. Let me come back to that, maybe. <laughs> okay, but, but you have to be more realistic about it so that you can see what you can actually do about it. It's not, hey, Gabriella, so it's not this huge catastrophe where nothing can be done. This allows you to reprocess the events and make better sense of it. If I start to see the story of my life from a more objective perspective, that means without my identification with it, and more so from like a... If anybody, and that's why I do these exercises like in my group reattaching things, okay? When I say instead of thinking about your dad or your mother, you're instead going to think about like, think about robot A and robot B, things that like just general dynamics, which takes you out your feelings and your personality and your experience, your subjective experience out of it so that you can see it from an objective or aerial point of view. This helps you to depersonalize what's happened to you or didn't happen for you. Okay. I need you. This is such an important part depersonalizing the relational trauma. We've got to be able to hold in our minds two things at once. This is an example of emotional maturity. I can know what happened to Taylor, my subjective experience, me in fifth grade in Virginia Beach, and that is my subjective experience, the context that is mine, okay, but then I need to be able to depersonalize what has happened to me, maybe at that same age in that same place to see literally just what it was rather than what you did to me. 
Do we need an example? I think this is a difficult one to understand, and I feel as I'm talking about it, I'm kind of like, are we getting it? Okay. So we need to depersonalize it. I'm going to, I'm going to recap back to this first point of the, on this, on the number three, removing the fantasy of the ideal parent. I'll give you an example. If I believe, oh, this is a, this is a, this is, oh, I don't know if I want to use this one. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it might be too triggering. Let's see. Um, okay. If I believe that mom didn't attune to my needs because she didn't care. I'm going to keep it simple. She didn't attune to my needs when I tried to express she didn't come forward and meet me there because she didn't care. That is my subjective experience of mother. Taylor was uncared for. When I depersonalize it, when I make a separation between the behavior that someone did or didn't do and my literal self, Taylor as a sole human being, okay? When I make a separation, then I'm able to, this is the area of view I'm talking about. This is the objective view that I was referring to. I can see that behavior without my pain attached to it. So now I might be able to, I said this is going to allow you to reprocess the events of what happened to you or didn't happen for you. Now reprocessing that same thing, mom didn't attune to me because she didn't care. I'm going to reprocess, I reprocess that. I'm going to re, I want to reorder that in my mind to make it so, because when I, if I stay with that track, mom didn't attune to me because she didn't care. Now I'm less worthy. Now I'm less valuable. That's the belief that we run away with. So we've got to make the separation and say, mom didn't, for example, mom didn't attune to me because she didn't have the emotional capacity. It was a function of her dysfunction, not a function of my personality or myself. Do we see that? It doesn't take away from what didn't happen for you or or what happened to you, but we make a healthy separation and a realistic separation between that thing that happened to me and then the thing itself. How I felt about it and the impact it had on me is the subjective experience, but I need to depersonalize it so that I don't become so over-identified with it by saying, for example, for example, and this is something I'm not just giving this to you. I don't know about your mother. Okay. I'm just giving you a very common example and a very general kind of way that a general, a general answer, right? That mom didn't have the emotional capacity for whatever, 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 a function of her own dysfunction, which is also, for example, overworking. It's not just past childhood trauma, but a dysfunction is overworking and not having enough rest. I don't have enough emotional capacity for you, but I need to be able to see that separate from my being as Taylor. Okay. You understand that? That was important. Do we get it? Let me see. Um, Lele says, seeing your parent as a separate individual rather than what you think they're supposed to be. Absolutely. Can someone put in the chat? I want to make sure you're getting it. I'm always doing this and people are always like, oh my gosh, Taylor's asking so many questions. But if you, I need, I need a, this is a, rec- I need you to recall it. Okay. This is how we get it. We repetition, repetition, repetition. <laughs> okay. Someone in the chat, as I'm moving on, can you tell me why you need to depersonalize it? Why do you need to depersonalize it? Why? Why is that so important? Why do we need to remove the fantasy? Why is it so important? Why do we need to reprocess this? Why is that so important? Any of those, put it in the chat so you can help a neighbor. And I'm going to get some water. I'll say one more thing while you're thinking. This whole this whole fantasy of the ideal parent, okay, Um 
I always sigh like that whenever I'm about to talk. Even in sessions, I'm like, I really don't want to say this. But I have to. Because it's the only way. Removal of the internal bias, because it brings understanding. It brings compassion. Okay, okay, okay. We got it. We're getting it. Okay, what else? What else do you want to add? Thank you for putting that in the chat. All right. Um, mm, So a lot of us that have had this issue... Right, so someone says, so you can move on, Lord. That's kind of the bottom line, so you can move on. So you can see it from the outside. Depersonalize so we can, hey, so we can have a sense of compassion and have an open mind to see it from a different perspective. Yes, depersonalize, thank you. Depersonalize it um, because when we don't, it makes us feel like we were unworthy instead of us realizing our parents were dealing with their own things. Absolutely, another one, because the fantasy doesn't exist. Y'all are getting it, this is great. This is great. I'm going to say the things that are especially important before I move on, okay, from these comments. So compassion helps, right? Compassion does help. Um, we we don't skip to that. We don't skip to forgiveness and all of that stuff. We want to make sure we right, go back to number two. We want to make sure that we touch the knot, all right? But compassion is super helpful so that we don't, we're not taking these um, things so, like, it's literally, a, like, about me, Um and we can understand that other people have things going on. We, sh- we we can understand now as adults that adults don't know what's going on. Adults, for a, a lot of things, they don't. We don't know what's going on. We're get, you know you know that we are giving it our best shot. Okay, and it can be very hard. That's why it's, it's it's not a simple. It's not a it's not a complex concept. It's a it's a it's a difficult. It's not a difficult concept. It's a difficult emotional process. The concepts I'm giving you are I'm gonna make I make it simple, but it's difficult emotionally because you know that adults don't know what's going on. They're giving it their best shot. Okay, we are we are these these people. But the emotional attachment and the expectation and the legitimate entitlement that you feel to your parents' perfect behavior is what makes it difficult. That's an emotional issue. That's not actually like a, it's not, and it's not a, it's not a reasonable justification for holding this resentment for this long. It's just really not. So, and, and it's not a judgment, but it's just so we can see it from that perspective that, Look, that this whole back so this is connecting with this point that I want to make about the ideal parent, fantasy parent, that your parent, knowing that adults are out here doing crazy stuff, and you one of them, right? I'm not talking anybody in particular, but I'm saying you we one of them, like trying to just make it work. And and but have this idea that as you as a child us as a child should have gotten this perfect emotional environment. Okay, I'm gonna make this last point before I move on. And then I'm going to highlight something else. This is really good. And we're only, this is literally question one. We have so much more. I knew this podcast is already so long. I'm going to have to cut it in half. I'm going to have to do two parts. I'm not going to cut this live in half. I'm going to cut the podcast episode itself. I'm making decisions as I'm going. All right. So make, make this point real quick. Um, understand attachment. First of all, attachment has always existed because it's just a human process. But attachment theory itself, this came by, this is 1960s. That's when yeah, most of the people are doing this work right now. Parents were born somewhere between like fifty, like fifties and sixties, like forties to sixty, forties and sixties, forties on like the the high end, and then sixties. So, y'all understand this is a we. This is a huge generation. I love making this point. Can you tell? This is a huge generational gap. Okay, we. Our parents have no, unless your parent was in mental health and on the leading edge of it, 
when they were born or like at some point when they, you know, as they're growing up or whatever, and they were, they entered into mental health and they were therapists or psychologists, unless they were in that field, this is not common knowledge. Hashtags codependency. What they're there. They are literally baffled. That's why I always say in my workshops and the clients and stuff, please don't go to your parents talking about do this and do that because they are like right away. They are baffled that you even that you're requesting anything of them and especially all this emotional support a lot of them didn't get that i'm not i'm talking about uh, race is not uh, now we could talk about black okay we talk about black but i'm talking about this is this is all across races okay trust me my my client load is very diverse as are my groups this is across races across countries Okay, this is a generational difference. And so we we come in like validation. And they're like, what are you talking about? Validation. You alive, aren't you? <laughs> what are you talking about? And so um, just to make that point about we have, we have, we have, we have this entitlement and, and often a misunderstanding of what resources they actually had access to. Okay, coming at it from our lens of, well, there's all these books and there's podcasts and hashtag insecure attachment. But they didn't have access nor the desire necessarily to do all of this, okay? This is a very us thing. This is a very, and I'm talking about us generationally. This is a very us thing. And so when you have that kind of perspective, we can go at it with a bit more grace, can't we, please? Okay. So And remove that helps to remove, there's a lot to say, of course, about this whole fantasy parent, but that helps to kind of remove fantasy parent. Like, what's real? What? And I said realistic, right? What's realistic to expect from an adult? Think about your friends. Let's not even talk about you. Think about your friends. You might have a great group of friends, and you know they are just sometimes just giving it their best shot, just throwing spaghetti at the wall. You know, you know, and they might not be your bestie, but you know some people that are just, subpar subpar performance right and we all have it in in some aspect so when we can start to see parent as a human it helps to actually do this process i want to keep going but i won't you need to uh i'm reading these comments you always need to try and see from the other side yep yep makes more sense when you remove yourself yes 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 yep 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 yep. okay good 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 Great. Okay. Yes. Oh my gosh. Y'all are doing this is the comments are so well are so good. This is so well. They're so good. Um, you're welcome, Miss Nisha. Yes, awareness without acceptance leads to stagnation. Let's move on. Okay, last thing about this inner child thing. We're obviously taking a lot of time on it. Because it's so important. Number four, put words on this the question was how to reparent your wounded inner child. Last thing before we move on. Put words on your needs and begin to ask. Let's go back to that point about how we were all, we've always been requesting. Babies do it one way, children do it another way. Then our personalities start developing and we start doing it in our own way. But we were always requesting from those caregivers. Okay, and the inner child, when it's upset, the inner child, when, it's, when you're in insecure attachment, it has never stopped, never truly felt satisfied. That's why we got these problems. So this is a part of the, now we're literally at the point. You see how much we had to do to get to the reparenting piece? And a lot of people, you want to skip here. You want to skip here, and it's just like, well, how do I make it better? But I'm telling you, you need to, um, t- trust me, you need to do all that other stuff, okay, in therapy. 
with some help. Um, oh, God, that's a whole other thing. That's so much I want to say. But we're already 46 minutes in. Okay. Okay. Put words on your needs and begin to ask. Jazzo already said, asking makes me vulnerable and it's such a hard thing to do. You know what, Jazzo? I'm going to use you to make a point. <laughs> okay? It, it, it happens to somebody every time. It's nothing personal. It's nothing personal. You jumping, and I'm a general you because a lot of people go right to that. Well, asking, what do you mean? That's so scary. Of course it's scary because you haven't done the other stuff. You haven't followed the protocol. You've got to follow the protocol. This is what helps you to build your confidence. This is what helps you to feel strong. This is what helps you to put you in position to actually do the ask. That's why I put it as step four and not step one, right? Okay? That's why I put it as step four and not step one. Because you've got a whole bunch of other stuff to do with yourself before you try to get somebody else involved. People get so eager to get somebody else involved. But I said first, first and foremost, you need to get intimate with yourself. Otherwise, when you start asking people for stuff, you coming from all kinds of projection and unresolved traumas and all kinds of issues. You haven't even gotten good. I'm talking to, I'm not talking to you specifically, right? Move you out the way. Talking to everybody. That's why I put it at step four because you've got to see how worthy the cause is before trying to get somebody else on board. Step four, not step one, two, or three. And these are not, you know, there's a whole lot that goes on within all this stuff. Okay, I'm giving you the framework. Give me the framework. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Do you understand what I'm saying here? The re- One of the reasons why it feels so scary and impossible to, to think about actually doing the ask is because you haven't even become intimate enough with yourself, validated it for yourself, gotten comfortable with it, aware. So where it just rolls off your tongue, you know, I really need consistent communication. I need an exclusive monogamous relationship. I need to feel reassured. I need to feel valued. And the way that I feel valued is through consistent communication. And the way that I, the way that I like to be loved is with physical touch and the way that I, you know, the where you're just to where you, to where you can just do it. Okay, because otherwise, and that's why I tell you, I told you at the beginning of this, didn't we start this way? I said, say it out loud to yourself, because when you jump to how do I, how do I, how do I say it to them? What do I do? And you haven't even heard your own voice say it to you with no threat around. You cannot, how could you expect it to go well? I mean, true. I mean, seriously, let's be realistic. How could you expect it to go well when you're shaking and trembling and scared and nervous because you don't even know if it's good. You don't even know if it's valid. You haven't explored it enough yourself. So you're still looking for someone else to check mark you. But I go in already checked. I already know. I already know. So now I'm not looking to see, well, can, can I, can you fit? I already, the, the frame is set. So are, are we aligned or, or not in whatever kind of relationship context? Okay. You understand what I'm saying? I get a little passionate. <laughs> Why are you, what, what is, what is the, what is the, what is the anxiety? What is happening? What is the anxiety? Tell me. What is the anxiety? I need more information. I need more information. Is it the is it the level? Is it the amount of work? Is it the is it what is it? I know you got it. Appreciate that. What is the anxiety? This happens all the time where someone's like, I, I want to do it, and then it, and then we start talking about it, and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm just feel really anxious. Um, okay, I'll let you put it in the chat, Lele, and then we'll come back to it. 
So you've got to put, put words on your needs and begin to ask. This allows you to begin developing trust with yourself and others. I can help me and others can help me. I can understand me and others can understand me. But if you don't see if if you do not see it in your own reflection, the validity, okay, the worthiness, the value, then we're already starting behind the line. So I need to see it in me and I can then simultaneously believe that others could see it in me or find it worthy. Okay, putting words on your needs and beginning to ask allows you to re-experience your needs, actually creating a positive dynamic rather than a negative one. Because you're now with your adult discernment and with all of your healthy skills and knowledge that you're going to be learning in therapy and in group and in workshops and stuff, you're going to be able to express your needs in a way where and be able to see be able to see who is able and willing to actually meet those needs. So if the, the needs have always been the same throughout your lifetime, basically, right? Needs have been the same, validation, assurance, that kind of thing. I need to feel heard, seen, loved, accepted. That's just been, in, uh, that's been across the lifespan. But when I learn how to express my needs in a way that is clear and concise, in a way that, um, in a way that invites collaboration with my needs, co-regulation, right? If, when I learn how to express my needs in a way that is clear and concise and that invites po- a positive dynamic rather than a negative one, then I'm able to re-experience my needs themselves. Makes sense? So if I was trying to get assurance from parents in one way, I still have that need in relationship. But when I go about it in a healthy way and I resolve all that past stuff and now I'm coming at it from more of a ground zero rather than with the projections of the past. I'm tying a whole lot of things together right now. I hope you're, hope you're understanding. But when I'm coming at it now from about ground zero and I ex- am expressing this to an adult partner or friend or a boss or something, whatever it is that I need, and I do it in a way that invites collaboration rather than rejection or dismissal, I literally re-experience me having a need. Now I have a new impression right there on the front of my forehead. <laughs> okay. Wow. When I add, this happens all the time and reattach. Wow. I tried it. I tried expressing myself and it worked because you're doing it in a different kind of way and you have a different level of confidence and you're treated differently. It's reflected back. Literally the work that you've done becomes, gets reflected back to you. Okay. I'm going to read that comment in a second. It becomes reflected back to you. So you get to re-experience yourself. That's all I'll say about that. Let me read this. All right. Lele said, the anxiety is coming from, from, from hearing all this, that it's the reality of having to confront these issues that I have. Why can't I just act like they don't exist? But I know the, um, but I know the answer, but my brain doesn't want to accept the answer. Honest reflection. So it's just feeling anxious because, um, there, because there is this call to confront these issues. She'd like to act like they don't exist but she knows that she has to do it. <laughs> okay. That's pretty honest. That's honest. So, um, Lele, good reflection question for you to consider for yourself is, um, what are you going to need from you in order to actually do it? What are you going to need from you? What kind of qualities are you going to need? What kind of supports are you going to need in place? What kind of, what kind of plan do you need? What do you need from you in order to do it? All right, let's move on. That was literally question one. I can't believe. 
Should I stop the recording? Do y'all have time? Do we have time? Y'all have time to hang out for a little bit? I have more. I have some more questions. Let me see. All right. Wow. That took, I knew this was going to happen. It took an hour to go through that answer. Because it's just so much. All right. Here we go. Um, how can I? Okay, great. You're here. You have time. You have time. Let's hang out. I'm going to split this into two parts. Hey, y'all. Thanks for listening in. I appreciate your time. Uh, we're going to do the second part of the Q&A next week. So tune in. Make sure your notifications are turned on for that. Subscribe so you don't miss these episodes. We're like almost halfway through this thing. Um, and if, you, if, if you're if you getting something out of it, this is helpful for you. Write a review for me, please. Could you hit those star, 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 stars? That's five of them. And write a review, a sentence or two. It's so helpful. I love hearing, listening, reading, all of them. <laughs> reading how this is helping you. Um, I really appreciate it. And it also helps people who come upon the podcast to know that they're in the right place. So I appreciate you all for thinking about writing those reviews. I really appreciate you all who take the time to do it. And um, thanks a lot. So thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.